0: This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Dr. Amy Hogan talks about headaches, what causes them, how do you treat them, and much more. One body. One body. And now, here's Dr. Amy Hogan. One body stewarding God's
1: creation. This is Dr. Amy Hogan. So glad you could join us today. Our topic is headaches. Headaches are so very common that I can't almost think of anyone who's never had one, although rarely I will find a few. Today we're going to talk about tension headaches and the details about those. We're going to talk about migraine headaches and how those differ from tension headaches. And finally, we're going to talk about some reasons to do specialized testing on headaches or to consider seeing a specialist. So without any further ado, let's begin with the prayer. Dear Lord Jesus you are in control of everything in our lives you are the head of our lives and we thank you for that. We thank you that you endured a holy headache on your way to the cross that you crowned with thorns know all about our pains dear Lord that you suffered and died for us and we praise you and thank you for this that your grace is sufficient for us help us to release our stress and our anxieties of our days knowing that you are our yesterday our today and our tomorrow that you have all things in your hands and we pray this through christ our lord amen again glad you could join us this fine day and we're so glad that you could take some time to pray with us always remembering that When you hear about topics on the show, if you have further questions, be sure to ask your favorite family doctor, internal medicine doctor, uh, or personal care provider. Certainly, we're not planning to diagnose and treat you over the airwaves, so do what is necessary to take care of your own personal health, and hopefully this show will guide you in the right directions. Well, let's start out our hour by talking about tension headaches. I think tension headaches are so common that sometimes we use phrases. We actually can put our stress into a phrase by saying, oh, that's such a headache. We have heard of headaches. Headaches have been around. In fact, uh, most people don't present to their doctor for a tension type headache because they've had one in the past. They know what that's like and they know what sort of things help them to get through them and take care of them. The tension headache is, of course, usually both sides of the head and sort of wraps around the head like a vice. It makes you feel pretty bad, but typically not bad enough to end your day or to put you down into bed. I should mention that today I'm using a cross-reference with uptodate.com, one of the medical think tanks that I have subscribed to that helps give me up-to-date medical literature. Tension-type headaches are so common and so commonly treated by person-to-person that sometimes, uh, of course, doctors don't hear about them. And then it's also one of the most common reasons why over-the-counter medications are purchased. If you go to the analgesic aisle at your local pharmacy or discount store, you'll find an entire row of medications commonly used to help treat pain as in headache pain. Of course, some of the common medications to be used, uh, aspirin, aspirin used to be the most common thing that doctors and patients would use to treat regular old tension headaches. The old phrase, take two aspirin and call me in the morning sort of thing. uh, Silly but true. Sometimes aspirin is a good pain medication because it helps to bind the inflammatory mediators that cause the tension pain and it does not release them. So even though aspirin has sometimes been walked away from due to it's sometimes causing uh, stomach pain or gastritis, sometimes even ulcers, if aspirin is taken on empty stomach for long enough, it is still a really good headache pain remedy if, of course, you're not allergic to it. Probably the second most common medication that is bought over-the-counter is probably acetaminophen. Acetaminophen's other known name is Tylenol. You have to know that Tylenol, a.k.a. acetaminophen, are definitely different than aspirin or the other pain medications used for headaches. It is a completely different drug class. It's a medicine that's in a class all on its own and is termed as an other analgesic. It is what is the other pain medications often used are called NSAIDs, that's non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Those are including ibuprofen or naproxen, that's also known as Motrin or Aleve. So back to Tylenol. Tylenol is not an NSAID. It is used specifically only for pain control. Recently acetaminophen and Tylenol have been a little bit put on fire if you will a little bit because there have been so many times where Tylenol being so abundant and available to people that it has actually become a source of overdose and overdosing on Tylenol is not a good deal because it certainly can cause liver failure I think that because it's been around so long and people are so familiar with it that sometimes it had been easy for people to sort of keep taking it and keep taking it and keep taking it in such a familiar way that it can even cause some liver damage if it's not monitored. And now on to the NSAIDs, also known as non anti-inflammatory drugs. The mainstays of these are ibuprofen and uh, naproxen. The trade names of these, there are many, but uh, some of the most popular ones are Motrin and Aleve. So Motrin, let's jump to that. Motrin is known as ibuprofen. There's lots of other trade names. Ibuprofen helps to control pain by being an anti-inflammatory medication. Aspirin and Motrin, aka ibuprofen, are similar in that they both affect platelets. They both can cause the platelets to be less sticky. So one should note that if they're taking quite a bit of ibuprofen, that they actually may get more bruises uh, when they bump themselves, sort of like a person who takes a long-term chronic aspirin for the sake of heart disease. So it's important to know that, and to know that taking ibuprofen too much for too long of term also can cause gastritic gastritis or stomach problems, including ulcers. If you are going to take aspirin or ibuprofen, very smart to take it uh, with a little bit of food in the stomach to help protect that stomach. A naproxen, or also known as Aleve on the trade name shelf, is definitely also a good pain medication for tension-type headache it should be known that it does cause stomach upset a little bit more often than ibuprofen, and so that's why many times ibuprofen is used first. Again, using Aleve or Naproxen with food should help to calm down the risk of stomach upset, but doesn't take it away completely. Now, always remember, if you are pregnant, then you should certainly talk to your doctor or ob about what you can take for headache. And for the most part, really only Tylenol is acceptable for women with headache in pregnancy. Now pregnancy being a completely different class of current, one should also talk to their doctor if they're having new onset headaches during pregnancy in pregnancy sometimes a severe headache can be a sign of a blood pressure problem or a change of status and so letting your OBGYN or family doctor know if you are pregnant and if your headaches are intensifying or causing you problems especially if they're not relieved by plain old regular tylenol and again important not to overdo on any over-the-counter medication even though they're over the counter, they are not benign, they are not candy, they are not things that can be taken lightly. They definitely go through your kidneys and your liver and need to be uh, known by your doctor. Also, if you are taking ibuprofen or naproxen, you should let your doctor know when you are going in for your regular medication checkups. Sometimes these medications have interactions with other prescription medications, and so if you leave off the -the over-the-counters, your doctor won't know the full milieu of what's going through your body and needing to be digested every day. So be sure that you mention over-the-counter medications, especially ibuprofen and Aleve, naproxen when you're visiting with your doctor. We appreciate that, and we need to know the full story. The same is true for aspirin. I think that sometimes aspirin is so common that people forget to mention it to their doctor, especially if you're taking an aspirin every day. Maybe your doctor recommended it a few years ago, or maybe you just decided to pick it up and try it on your own because you'd heard that aspirin helps to decrease the risks of heart attack and stroke. But be sure that you mention it to your doctor that you're taking an aspirin a day or that you're taking aspirin for your occasional tension type headache. Again, very important, definitely affects other medications in your body and could contribute to gastritis if you're not taking it uh, with something in your stomach. So be aware, be knowledgeable and tell your doctor what you're taking, even if it's over the counter. Now we're going to move on and talk about migraine type headaches. and. It is estimated that about 12 to 16% of people in the United States have suffered or experienced a migraine headache. This makes it, again, very common and the second most common type of headache for adults, second, of course, to the tension type headache that we talked about. Some of the features of migraine that make them different are that about 60 to 70 percent of the people, the migraine occurs on only one side of the head. It comes on a little bit at a time but sometimes then follows by very rapid increasing severity and migraines themselves can be mild moderate or severe but they're known for the ones that cause people to really need to lay down need to relax maybe go to a dark quiet room and even go to sleep if if possible some people with migraines can identify a trigger so if you do have headaches something to do is to write down things that are happening or have happened near the time of your headache especially if you're planning to go to your doctor we will definitely be asking about what sort of things were happening around the time of your severe headache onset Were there foods that you had eaten that were different than usual or maybe that had a certain type of chemical? Like uh, one example is MSG, one of the preservatives. Some people are very sensitive to that preservative. Um, Sometimes uh, light or being an intensified uh, light out in the sun, something like that. Sometimes physical activity or straining yourself. Other times, even just the scent or smell of something that is strong can trigger off a migraine headache. Sometimes hormones can trigger headaches, for example, birth control pills or some people just right before their period or just after the period. Other times, stress alone, even though the tension type headache is known times of stress, a migraine can be triggered by stress or not getting enough regular sleep. So do write down some things, maybe a journal or a headache diary, or just even a running log of what's gone on with your headaches in the past. That will help you and your doctor to clarify the situation and give more details when the time is, is needed. Migraine sufferers often have nausea or vomiting that go with the migraine, but not always. Another strange symptom that can occur is stuffiness or runny nose or even tearing of the eyes. About 20% of people with migraines will have what they call an aura before a migraine, which is some sort of a signal or sign that they're about to get the bad headache. For example, seeing zigzaggy lines or some sort of lights flashing, that they actually are experiencing this with their eyes and that there is no change in their current environment. Some people will even get tingling or numbness in their hands or their feet or their face, which certainly can be very alarming. And if that's the first time it's happening, can be uh, very much a sign of anxiety or or may require them to go to the hospital or the emergency room for that evaluation. Certainly if you're having some sort of a, of a change that's causing any weakness or difficulty with movement of your muscles, you should certainly go to the ER with that sort of headache. I'm always a person that if you have a concern that is really causing you a lot of difficulty, if in doubt, check it out. It's always important to be able to at least talk it out with your doctor. Um, But if you have alarming or severe symptoms, go on to the ER, go get it figured out, go talk to someone who might be able to help sort out your problems. Also, when you're keeping your headache log or diary, you might also write down how long the headache lasts and what things make it better. You know, did laying down and resting make it better? Did going to the quiet room make it better? Did taking some sort of medication help you feel better? That way your doctor will understand what has been done, what things have been tried before they prescribe any new medications. As far as treatments or medications for migraines, things like ibuprofen, do sometimes work especially if they are taken right at the onset of the headache sometimes that's enough to even calm down a migraine headache other people use uh, tylenol or aspirin and sometimes if they have nausea they may need prescription medications some of them are things like metaclopramide or reglan or Phenergan, which is another nausea medication. And of course, that is a good thing to discuss with your doctor if you're having nausea with each and every headache. If you've had gastritis, stomach ulcers, or continual acid reflux disease, you certainly may want to talk to your doctor even before trying the -the over-the-counter medications like aspirin, ibuprofen, or leave. As we mentioned earlier, those can upset the stomach and difficulty uh, may ensue. We don't want you to have stomach problems treating your headaches. Now, when migraine-type headaches are diagnosed and over-the-counter products won't work, there are, again, some prescriptions that may help. There are prescription medicines that will sometimes help with the symptoms, and then there are some medications that are known as abortive headaches please don't misunderstand. They don't mean abortion as in uh, terminating a pregnancy, but stopping the headaches, aborting the headache, causing it to be under control somewhat quicker. These medicines are sometimes nicknamed triptans, that's T-R-I-P-T-A-N-S, because they all end uh, with that in their name. For example, sumatriptan, one of the first ones on the market, also known as Imatrex. This is one that you take the medication when you notice you have the onset of the headache, and then sometimes the headache will go away and not continue to progress. If that headache doesn't go away, then approximately one to two hours later, you might repeat that same medication, the triptan medication, and sometimes this can, again, stop the headache from the final progression. Migraines can last anywhere from two to 72 hours, and so if that's you, then certainly these medications can sometimes save the day or save that whole week for you. So again, migraine headaches can last for a few hours or up to 72 hours, but certainly finding something that can help to stop them before they bloom or come out in their full fight certainly can help a lot of people. Um, The diagnosis though is important and also not having particular conditions that can be harmed by taking a triptan. So always letting your doctor know, especially if you've had any familial diseases or problems with stroke. On UpToDate, it mentions that people with familial hemiplegic migraine, in other words, someone in the family has had loss of their mobility due to migraine. If you've had basilar migraine, uncontrolled blood pressure, vascular disease, including stroke, and coronary artery disease, so very common people with angina or chest pain, if you're pregnant or have severe kidney or liver disease, most of those folks uh, should not take the tryptan class of medication. Let's take a break now and when we come back, we'll talk about other things that migraine sufferers can do or take, maybe even as prophylaxis or taking these other medications daily so that they don't get the headache attack type. The headache attack is certainly the worst part Uh, But if the headache attacks are happening often enough, one may need a prophylactic medication that is taken daily. So we'll talk about that and also some reasons why you might want to do specialized testing or see a specialist. So stay tuned. This is One Body Stewarding God's Creation. Welcome back to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. We talked the first half hour about tension-type headaches and also migraine-type headaches, and those make up the majority of headaches. But now we're going to talk about some other things that can cause headache, and also, in the end of the hour, we're going to talk about some things that would make you think that you really ought to go talk to your doctor and maybe even um, encourage you to think about doing laboratory evaluation or even a scan of your head. So some other reasons that people get headaches include neck pain. You know if you have slept on your neck wrong or you have tension in the muscles in the back of your neck you can certainly come and go over the top of your head and increase the chance of a tension type headache for sure. I know that that's one of my most common headaches is if I've been looking down a lot or reading a lot or even using my arm a lot to write a lot more than usual, that tension in the back of my neck will go straight up and over my head. And it'll take a few days sometimes to finally clear itself completely. I know exactly why it's there. I can feel the tension and I need to probably stretch more and breathe more. I think all of us have that tendency sometimes to carry our tension right up. From our neck and that can cause a headache so don't do what I do don't stress out too much don't get excited too much don't uh, (laughs) get nervous and tense up the back of your neck or if you do take some time for deep breathing and doing some stretching exercises moving your arms and shoulders frequently during the day so that you don't build up too much tension and that you don't have a neck pain that causes headache now if you have known neck pain disc disease certainly this can increase the chances of your headache more often also so sometimes you know this may require further intervention some people with neck disc disease have had good relief from epidural injections of their neck in order to help take care of that pain which causes the muscle spasms more frequently another cause of headache can be trauma or past trauma if you've had a concussion in the past or You were a football player for many years or even several years in high school then certainly repeated trauma to the head and to the brain can increase the chances of a future headache so knowledge of that is really important it's also important that you consider with your doctor There are some medications out there including antibiotics and antidepressants that can increase the chance of seizure if you've had post head trauma. So reminding your doctor that part of your medical history, uh, even though a concussion may have happened in the past, you need to keep that on the books. That the concussion was at a certain date and even the cause would be helpful so that your doctor understands and remembers that you've had a head trauma in the past and not to prescribe certain medications that increase the chances of seizure for you. So remember, past trauma to the head, or even, of course, current trauma to the head would certainly increase the chances of headache. People that have concussion, and go to their doctor should remember that they're going to have headaches off and on, sometimes even as long as a year. We hope, especially for young people, that those headaches will get shorter and with less intensity over one to two month period. But sometimes those post-concussion headaches can last longer. It's very important for the young person or anyone who's had a concussion to very slowly work back into their exercise if they uh, restart exercises or try to do too much exertion all at once, the headaches come back and the headaches get worse even still. So remembering to very, very slowly work back into exercise. And also, the high school sports associations are typically wanting you to visit a trauma surgeon or somebody specialized in impact training to be able to release you back to full activity uh, once your headaches have begun to subside. So very important, even legalistic, if you will, to make sure that your post-concussion headaches are cleared by a professional before returning back to sports. So if you have a child, a grandchild, uh, just someone you know that's had a concussion, make sure they know about impact and also that they do have a need for recertification. Uh, these doctors need to be certified in impact training to be able to allow them to go back to sports. Another really big cause of headaches that's certainly very important in the change of seasons, I would say especially spring and fall seasons, are allergies. Environmental allergies do increase the chances of sinusitis, which can cause headache, uh, getting the sinuses packed up with lots of fluid and inflammation. This can increase the chances of headache, and sometimes really severe sinusitis can mimic a migraine headache. So if you have known sinus allergies, really important to take care of them, especially in the spring and the fall. I'm a big proponent of using sinus saline, increasing that, especially when you're having worse symptoms. And if needed, go visit your doctor. Sometimes only antibiotics will help take care of that long and grueling sinusitis. The sinus saline rinses, I think that we underestimate. The ear, nose, and throat doctors And the allergy and asthma specialist will send almost every patient back whenever I refer someone out. Almost every patient's letter will say sinus saline mist four times a day. So I always tell people after breakfast, lunch, supper, and bedtime to sort of have a marker of when to go ahead and do that. What does the sinus saline mist do? Well, it'll decrease inflammation in the sinus passages, it'll increase moisture, and it'll help flush out the mucus and the allergens waiting to affect the person and cause the histamine response. So don't put that aside. Do continue to use sinus saline rinse. And of course, change the bottle every so often. It's real important to keep a clean and fresh bottle in your cabinet for if you really are having a sickness you can change to a different bottle and hopefully not recontaminate yourself or anybody else who might find that bottle. (laughs) If you have a reusable bottle, making sure to clean it after your usage. So let's go on now. Another cause of headache that needs to be explored would be eyes and vision. If you haven't been to your eye doctor lately and you're having some headache, every so often just a change of prescription to the way the eyes are viewing your outside world, be it up close or far away can increase the chances of headaches. So do make an appointment with your friendly local eye doctor and get those eyes checked out. If you're having problems with the vision, especially, but also if you are wondering if your headaches are caused by your eyes trying to focus and it's just not working for them, those eyes need a little help, a little boost, probably from some sort of corrective lens. Another known risk or cause of headache would be that if your oral health needs some help. So don't forget your friendly local dentist. If you're having troubles, especially in the jaw area or your headache seems to radiate from the below the ear area to up and around the back of your head or to the side of your head, really, really important to consider that your oral health may be part of the problem. That's your mouth. So your mouth and your jaw and how they interact with each other certainly affects the tension in the side of your face and also can cause headache. There's a condition called TMJ, which is a temporomandibular joint dysfunction. And if you're having arthritis-like symptoms right in that joint by the side of your jaw, then that can cause headache and also some disruption in how your mouth and in your jaw function occasionally a bite block or an orthotic at night can be helpful for this but do talk to your dentist talk to the people who do the most with oral health and consider if you need intervention we're going to finish up now with danger signs signs that can mean that the headache really needs further or maybe even rapid evaluation if you have a headache or a headache that comes on in a few seconds or minutes and reaches the maximal intensity this may need further evaluation if it's the worst headache of your life by all means go to the er the worst thing they can do is tell you you're fine and send you home so a lot of times i think that headaches are ignored because they're so common but if this is not a typical headache for you or the pattern is not the same for you it's important to tell your doctor People that have suffered from you know with migraines for years know that their headache, while it is severe and intense, it comes on with a pattern and it comes on, you know, somewhat gradually in an hour or two hours. Oftentimes, like I said, they can see an aura beforehand or the flashing lights or they feel dizzy or you know have sort of fuzziness that they know is the onset of their migraine headache. So if the pattern has changed, it's different for you it's intensifying in seconds to minutes, really need to have evaluation. So if you've been having headaches also, and you're, like I said, your pattern has changed, your pattern is becoming more frequent, it's worsening, your signs and symptoms are more intense, go ahead and have your doctor reevaluate you. It's really important. It's just, it may not be just another headache. Another thing would be is if you're having any particular weakness. If you're getting a headache that's followed by weakness in any part of your face, your arm, your leg, that's a get it examined right away type of headache. Don't wait around, go into the ER. Another headache to for sure have evaluated is one that comes with a high or moderately high fever. There is such a thing as meningitis. Um, you know, we talked about neck stiffness, but For me, I know where my neck stiffness is coming from. It's from writing my name too many times with my right hand. But if your child or someone you know, or if you yourself are having neck stiffness with a fever and a headache, get that evaluated. You really need to know, you really need to know what's going on and make sure that your headache is not coming from a meningitis. Other warning signs to think about, it almost goes without saying, but if you're having or someone you know is having mental status changes, their personality is changing, or they are you know, losing consciousness, again, must evaluate, must figure out if there's a serious abnormality going on. Also something to remember is ex- the ends of the age spectrum. If a person's having new onset headaches, especially under the age of five, Or, I know this sounds kind of almost silly, but if if you are over 50 and and are experiencing a new onset of headache type, that's not all that common. Most people by that time have sort of a pattern. If they're going to get headaches, they already have a pattern in place. So if you're over 50, especially over 65, and you're developing a new type of headache or a new onset of headache, you've never had a lot of headaches, and now you're getting a lot of headaches, definitely need to be evaluated. Your doctor is the best one to do an exam and to figure out if there needs to be more testing or new things employed to figure out why you're getting those headaches. Now, I know this is a pretty serious thing to talk about, but if if a person has had a cancer in the past, so please breathe easy for just a moment, but also remember with me, that if a person has had a cancer in the past and they have new onset of headache, Every so often, it is possible that that cancer has caused some metastasis to the brain. So, very important for uh, a past cancer patient that has new onset of headache to see their doctor and remind that doctor that, yes, doctor, I've had a cancer in the past, that this is something that's bothering me and I need to get it checked out. You know, unfortunately, all of us that are working in the healthcare profession. Don't have photographic memories. So we do try to write things down and to put things in your past medical history. Uh, but if you're a cancer patient, a cancer survivor even, it's been even 10 years since your past cancer, and you're having new onset or change of headache pattern, definitely tell your doctor, help us to get back into the mode of this is something that needs to be figured out, and do get it checked out. Also remember, someone with headache or new onset headache during pregnancy, definitely tell their OBGYN. Be in contact with your doctor so that they can see if the warning signs of headache have to do with anything else that may be affecting your pregnancy. You know, sometimes it's just a headache, but if it seems like it's new, different, or more intense, do tell your doctor and help them to understand what needs to happen next. Sometimes blood pressure can rise abruptly in pregnancy, and especially at the end or midterm of the pregnancy. And this can be something that does affect you greatly and could lead to preeclampsia at times or be a sign of something to come. So definitely worth an evaluation if you are pregnant and you have severe or worsening headaches. Finally, our old pals, actually I should say, the infamous uh, birth control pills People can get headaches due to estrogens and it's very unpredictable, but people who have been on birth control pills and have headaches, sometimes this can be a cause or a trigger that can cause teeny tiny emboli to go to the brain. That's meaning teeny tiny strokes in the brain. So very important for people who are on birth control pills, if they have a headache, they should be evaluated, especially new onset headaches Or, you know, if you had menstrual migraines, it's really odd that sometimes doctors will put people on birth control pills to try to stop a menstrual migraine. Uh, Very odd because sometimes those menstrual migraines are being caused, we think, from vascular changes or blood vessel changes in the brain. And to increase the chances of stroke by putting someone on a birth control pill just seems a little bit opposite of what should be happening here. So remembering always that birth control pills can increase the chances of blood clot, which can sometimes be a stroke. Um, Other things that happen with blood clots are pulmonary embolism. In other words, shortness of breath that can happen with a blood clot to the lung and also blood clots to the leg that can increase the chances of a stroke or a pulmonary embolism. Both of these things definitely have to be evaluated. So if you are on birth control pills or have um, had headaches that are worsening on birth control pills, definitely time to talk to your doctor. Uh, Even if your doctor is a believer in birth control pills, it can be a warning sign that you should not ignore. And do know that there are alternatives. Natural family planning is safe, healthy, and effective at figuring out your hormone imbalances, as well as helping you to plan your family, and know if you have any gynecological problems that might be addressed naturally. So get it checked out. And in your case, if you have been on birth control pills and you want to talk to a natural family planning practitioner, call the diocese and they can contact help you get in contact with a practitioner nearest to you. The Chancery phone number is 785-827-8746. Call and talk to the Family Life Office, Sheila, or Reg and Jan Conrady, and they can help you understand that there are other ways to help understand the menstrual cycle as well as family planning that is safe, healthy, and effective for you. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Our topic has been headaches. We hope that you've learned a little something that can help you or a loved one to be healthier in heart, soul, mind, and body. Let's end now with a prayer. I like to pray as a group because that makes us into one body. So let's pray in our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Dear Jesus, we thank you for all your mighty goodness. We know that you have all the answers and all the cures. Help us to join into one body so that we can help our neighbors and to glorify you even in our suffering. Dear Jesus, we take upon our crosses. We ask that you would help us to walk toward you in each and every situation. Dear God, we ask that you bless all these listeners today and also that you would continue to bless the ministry of the radio station. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, this has been One Body, stewarding God's creation with Dr. Amy Hogan. If you have any questions or comments or would like to submit them, we'd love to hear about your questions and your comments. May God bless you and good day.